I want to share with you seven questions you should ask yourself if you desire to walk with God. Number one, are you choosing to daily follow Jesus? Are you choosing, I want to make sure you get that word in there, daily to follow Jesus? Listen, until you make Jesus your Savior and Lord, you can't walk with God. You know why you can't? You can't, listen, how can he have all when you've not surrendered all? You know, how can you expect God's blessing and covering over your life when he just has portions of your commitment? Listen, Jesus showed us how we're to live, love, and leave this earth. And he made it very clear how we're to follow him. Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Listen, walking with God is a step-by-step daily thing. Now, there's a lot of steps within a day, but most of all, you need to know that there's no, there's no lesser importance of Monday than it is for Sunday. There's no lesser importance on a Saturday. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you do. Listen, walking with God, write this down, is not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's not a Sunday morning thing. It's an every morning and night thing. Listen, in fact, you hear me say this often. God hasn't called you to a religion. He's called you to a relationship. There's a big difference. A lot of times, people have been bred to go to worship instead of living to worship. We're constantly having to learn how to decrease so that Christ might increase. Are you seeking daily, listen, to, to, to die to yourself and live for Christ? It's as simple as that. That's the first starting point always. Outside of giving your heart and life to Christ and believing in him, your salvation experience, yes, it changes things for eternity, but your day-to-day surrender and your daily um, saying, God, not my way but your way, is what takes you to what he has for you now as you look forward to what he has for you and the reward he has for you later. Listen, if you're too busy telling God what you're going to do, then you aren't slowed down enough to say, God, what should I do? It's not what could you do, it's what should you do. I, I, every one of my decisions in my life are dictated or even changed at times based on what is God, what is God impressing upon my heart. But secondly, are you continuing to turn from all sin? This one sounds really um, uh, full of just, just preachy stuff, but you can't overlook it. Are you continuing to turn from all sin? To not turn from all sin would be to like uh, keep driving your car and yet you never get the engine or other stuff kind of flushed out. You never change the oil. You know, you just, and all of a sudden you're caught off guard. Listen, things collect in our life quickly, don't they? Just like I say that the moment that it, it, it's a pressure on you, you need to turn it into a prayer. The moment it's on your shoulders, you need to put it on God's shoulders. The moment you know you're doing something or saying something or thinking something that's not in line with God's will, you've got to turn from that. You've got to repent of that. Listen, you can't overcome sin on your own. If you could overcome sin on your own, why Jesus died on the cross? So it's only by grace through faith that we are saved, but we, we oftentimes, and I find myself daily, there is something, listen, I'm so stupid, there is something every day that comes out of Craig Crosby's mouth that he's going, listen, you shouldn't have said that, Craig. Anybody else got stupiditis? Okay? 
Uh, if there's any doctors here, I really believe it should be a true condition. I think they should give us a pill for it, even if it's nothing but a Flintstone vitamin. Um, it, it should be like, listen, this will help your stupiditis. And if nothing else, it just reminds us we got that condition. Listen, you can't, write this down, you can't come closer to God without coming clean with God. It's not possible. You can't ever come closer to God without coming clean with God. You can't be living in sin and still walking closely with a holy God. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. That's all of us, by the way. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. By the way, I want to stop right there. You've heard me say this before because it's just always been ingrained in my heart ever since the first time I heard it years and years ago. I'm pretty sure I heard this somewhere. It, 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 sin will always cost you more than you ever wanted to give up, and it will take you further than you ever planned to go. Sin will always cost you more. It's never worth it. That's what I want you to hear. It's never worth it. And the longer you sit in sin, the more it's like quicksand. It keeps taking life. It doesn't give you life. Maybe give you momentary satisfaction, but it does not give you life. So, so we got to wash our hands. We got we to gotta let God purify our hearts. Verse 9 talks about the brokenness of our sin. Let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Often people say, well, what is sin? Verse 17, James 4, 17 defines sin for us. It says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Now, I don't know about you, but as soon as I apply that definition, Curry got a lot of sin in his life. I'm like, okay, so you're saying that's a sin to think that way. You're saying that's a sin to talk that way. You're saying this is a sin to do. And, and so I have to go to the Lord often and say, God, purify me. Listen, I never come to you ever expecting power to, to flow through me without saying, God, forgive me. Forgive me, change me, transform me. Because I can't expect closeness with a holy God while living in the midst of willful disobedience. Listen, if you genuinely said, God, I'm sorry for this sin, and by your grace and strength, I desire to turn from this sin. Listen, God will help you. You say, well, I've always had this struggle. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that, that it, it, the older you get, I, don't, I think certain things just more and more show themselves that, hey, that's your greatest weakness. And so you have to see that window that you're leaving open, that the devil keeps diving through. We all, listen, we all have a life hang up. We all have something that tempts us more than it tempts others. And Satan's looking for that opening. Look at what Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Satan would love for you to try to fix everything else and confess nothing. Okay? Thirdly, are you genuinely seeking God wholeheartedly? Are you genuinely? Only God knows, only you know. Are you genuinely seeking God wholeheartedly? Listen, many people say they're walking with God. Even preachers do it when their hearts are far from him. Walking with God is always about your heart staying in tune to God's heart. If it helps you feel any better, 
I'm really just learning this. I, I, again, uh, it, again, I got a master's degree from seminary, and yet it's meaningless when it comes to my walk with God, if that makes sense. Um, your walk with God is not about your knowledge. It is about your surrender. It's not about your knowledge. It's about your heart tuning into God's heart. That's why a young child can sometimes walk better with God than us because they just believe God. They just trust God. They, they, they just say, well, God, I need you. And God, my, my little heart is in tune to your big heart. Look at Isaiah 29, 13. It says, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they've been taught. Here's one of the things that plagues the churches. All of us, if you grew up in church, you've had this affect you before. We have this human theology and, and training that we know how to look the part, but that doesn't mean that we are trusting God with the parts. It doesn't mean we have a relationship. We just have a devotion. Maybe somebody has a devotion to a particular church. Maybe people have a devotion to a particular place, but you, you, God's calling you to a relationship. God's saying, hey, let your heart be tuned into my heart. Let, let, me, let, me, hook, let me hook an IV up to you. And let me just, just, just slow drip into your life. Listen, often we forget God is not calling us to a religion, but a relationship. I want you to write that down. God's not calling you to a religion. He's calling you to a relationship. Listen, God doesn't want us to just meet for worship. God wants us to have a heart for worship. The people who get the most out of any worship are people who you already have given God your heart you're just wanting him to take you further. You see, because I can't plug you up. I can't hook you up. That's a decision you got to make. Sometimes you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes that's what changes me the most. I get miserable. I'm like, God, I can't take this. Um, I, I am more at peace. Let's just tell him, Brother Trey, this yesterday. I'm more at peace than I've been in 28 years of ministry and in 46 years of my life. You say, well, why is that? Um, it has nothing to do with, with just age. It has to do with me walking with God. That's the best way I can put it to you. I'm walking with God. I'm not worried. I am not focused on my outward appearance. I'm focused on my inward condition. And see, man likes to change things from the outside in. God changes things from the inside out. God looks at your heart, man looks at the outward appearance. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Listen, don't worry about what other people think. Worry about what does God think. Ask yourself, what does God think? What is God seeing? Does God see a heart that is, is saying, hey, I truly, genuinely want what you want? Or is he seeing a heart that wants, um, he wants uh, th that you just have commitment based on conditions? God, if you do this. By the way, be very careful about that. That's, that's, that's when you know your heart isn't totally surrendered, when you're saying, God, um, if you'll do this, then I'll do that. No. Whenever, when you surrender all, or when you say, hey, I decided to follow Jesus, it has to be no turning back regardless of what I see, think, or feel. Look at Jeremiah 29, 13. You, you've heard the verse of, I know the plans I have for you. That was in Jeremiah 29, 11. It talks about, you know, praying and seeking God's face. But it says in verse 13, 
Jeremiah 29, 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Maybe that's what you're missing. Some of you know I've taken some um, uh, what I call 40-day fast, okay? Um, I've done several 40-day faith walks. I've done as much as 120 days uh, straight of faith walks where, where um, I um, pushed away something that was a distraction or something that was a hindrance um, so that I could pursue God wholeheartedly because the only thing I felt like I could change was me leaning more of my heart into God's heart. And every time, listen, every time I found something and God found someone that I didn't even know was there. By the way, the times you feel most filled is when you feel most emptied. It's when you, until, as long as you fully yourself, you, you, you just can't get there. Okay, like, I, like you often have to run and you have to run into yourself. You have to come to the end of yourself before you can find the beginning of the good, deep walk with God. Um, don't look at the stuff that you've gone through as the, the end-all, be-all, like, hey, that's train wrecked me. No, that's probably what got you here, okay? Uh, that's what got you here. I, when I pray for some of your family and friends, this is what I pray. I say, God, do whatever you've got to do to get them where you want them to get. Uh, but, if, but if you can, please, please let it not have to be too catastrophic. Let them, let them wake up. Let them see the signs soon. Fourthly, are you striving to obey God's word? Are you striving to obey God's word? We, we said last week that, um, that, that we're to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. I want you to hear this. Maybe write it down. You can't ever separate your walk with God from the word of God. Can't happen. Because see, the moment that you don't saturate yourself with true theology, you'll make up your own. You'll make up your own. You'll get indoctrinated by this culture. You'll have what I say this culture is just full of. And we're not talking about just 18, 20-year-olds. I'm talking about 60, 70-year-olds. People have a new age Christianity today. They take some truth that they want to believe and accept, and then they make up the rest. Okay, you don't add to God's word and you can't take from God's word. God's word is God's word. And, and here's why God's word changes. The moment that you go, okay, God's word is going to have the authority on my life. Because again, God's word is God speaking to us, speaking to you. It's the number one way that God speaks to us. God's word is where you discover God's will, the foundation of that. Jeremiah 7.23 says, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. When you are listening to God's word, you are walking with God. Because you're letting God's word trump your feelings or your fears. Listen, those who truly love God will strive to obey God. Those who truly love God will strive to obey God. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Um, you know how if, you, if you're asking somebody to prove something to you you, 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 you wait to see, well, do they value what you said to them? Or will they do what they said they would do? Listen, you've got to mean what you say, say what you mean. You've got to resolve in your heart that, God, I'm going to let your word have the final say. See, that's the only way the word starts changing things because it gets the last word. Psalm 14, 5 says, For God is with those. It's really jumped out to me in my reading and devotion this week. For God is with those who obey him. 
Why? Because those who are obeying him, rain, sleet, or snow, they're walking with him. But fifthly, are you letting the Holy Spirit lead you? Are you letting the Holy Spirit lead you? Every believer in Christ has a battle raging within them between two entities. The Holy Spirit of God, which now lives within the life and, the, and literally within the heart of any believer, and then you still have that sinful nature, that flesh. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If you keep waiting on your sinful nature to go away, you'll never overcome the things of life. You can't wait on that. Listen, the Holy Spirit, write this down, the Holy Spirit will lead you on to a firm footing. It will give you discernment. It will assure you, maybe, that God is going to do what he says. It will remind you, maybe, of what God has said. And maybe it will tweak just a little bit. As you know, you know the general truth of God's word, but then he's like, listen, okay, you know, because let's just take a decision, for instance. I've made decisions before that I've got three or four things to choose from in my decision-making. None of them are evil or bad, but I've got to figure out which one's God because I can't do them all. And so I need the Holy Spirit to guide my conversation. Listen, by the way, before you have conversation with anybody, make sure that you've let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you. That way your attitude and your articulation and your actions will line up. Psalm 143.10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Listen, if God says, um, leave it out, leave it out. If God says, wait, wait. If God says, hey, I told you to, to do this, do it. Some, sometimes the thing you, you get robbed of and Satan gets to you easily is when you procrastinate. Even though we're going to talk next week about waiting on God, sometimes we procrastinate. Sometimes we already know exactly what God's told us to do personally, and we don't do it. And by the way, doesn't, it doesn't have to be in God's Word. If God's told you and made clear to you you should do something or you should ask something or you should say something or you should approach something, when you don't do it, you are in sin. So operate, listen, operate in real time. In fact, better than that, operate in God time. Scripture says he makes all things beautiful in his time. To walk with God, you've got to keep letting God's spirit lead you because the flesh, it's going to wreak havoc in your life. But number six, are you trusting God with everything? Are you trusting God with everything? Listen, in our lives, we're always living in one or two mindsets. You can bank on this. Fear of faith. We're always, we're very rarely in between. Very rarely. We're always leaning more towards one than the other, okay? And so I always say this about even pain. Uh, certain things are either 51% on top of you or you're 51% on top of it, okay? So either your faith is, is 51% on the situation or your fear is greater. Listen, fear paralyzes our relationship with God, whereas faith leads us to living fully reliant on God. Not having it figured out, but fully reliant on God. Psalm 9, 9 through 10 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. You know where you really find your strength in Christ? When you can't do a doggone thing. 
you can't do a single thing. And you kicking and screaming like a, well, like Craig Crosby, who his wife one time said, um, uh, you know, sometimes Craig is a baby diaper. <laughs> okay? Um, I, trust me, I can kick and scream with the best of them because I got full man in me. I mean, I might not be able to pick up big old things and leap tall buildings, but I promise you, I am an absolute. I'm, the, I'm, my, I'm my wife's oldest of five boys. Okay? I plan to hold my place. But you know where I found the Lord's strength and the fact that he could hold me together was in my trouble, in my trouble. It says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. Listen, those, the more you get to know God's strength, the more you know you can rely on God's strength. It says, um, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Have you ever thought about the fact maybe it's not that God moved, you did? He, he, he doesn't move. He doesn't change. God says in his word, he will never leave nor forsake you. Listen, write this down. Our walk with God will always require us to trust God. Our walk with God will always require us to trust God. You say, what, is, what does that mean most? You can never, just like you can't separate the word of God from your walk with God, you cannot separate faith. You, there will be nothing God ever calls you to that he says, hey, I'm going to give to you all the confidence you need in yourself. No. Uh, do you know how many times I, I, I do a lot of making sure that I get fed? Because like I said, if I, don't, if I don't make sure that I am, my soul is being fed, I don't have anything to fuel me or to pour through me. And one of the things that a pastor learns very quickly is that, that it's not about him. And, and, and that um, I can trust the call of God and still have to put total faith in God, okay? I can be confident, hey, God wants me to do this and still be shaking. Do you know both churches that, I, that, that God led me to start from the ground up, I was always shaking? I was absolutely kicking and screaming. I'm like, God, if you can, please take this cup from me because I do not want to do this with these hillbillies. I, I, and, and how many of you know if you've done something once and already knew that it was a challenge, you think through it even more when you go to do something else again? Because what, what happens? Those fear rise. Those fears rise. Listen, to keep the faith when things don't make sense and things don't feel good or aren't easy, you got to keep trusting God. Listen, oftentimes our greatest struggles are because we're trying to make sense of everything. Listen, God never told you to make sense of anything. God told you to, to trust him with everything. Listen, walking with God will always require us to have faith in God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. How often do we have to keep hearing this proverb? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Sometimes that's the only way you can go to bed at night. You're like, man, I'm worried about this thing. I'm worried about this person. I, I, I'm overwhelmed by this situation. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. Again, you, you know where my confidence comes from? When I know that, that I put all my eggs in God's basket. I don't have a Craig confidence. I've got a God confidence. Don't get the two. Don't, don't get um, uh, arrogance um, mixed up with just confidence in Christ. The most confident person is the person who is not leaning on their shoulders, but they're leaning on his shoulders. Verse 6 says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Forget about what he has for you next. What does he have for you right now? 
You take the next right step. That's why we talk about that. You can get so focused on what's to come that you miss what is to be. Now, when I was looking for Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I accidentally pulled up the scripture of Proverbs 3, I mean Psalm 3, verses 5 through 6. And it, and it really is the heartbeat of someone who has learned to trust God no matter what comes their way. Look at Psalm 3, verse 5 through 6. He says, I lay down. I lay down and slept. Yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. You know how you gain that confidence? You learn that confidence. You're like, God did it then, and he's done it a million times before. He'll do it again. Listen, it's in those times, especially when we don't have any clue what to do or how to make sense of things or how to handle things, that we must learn to fully trust God with anything and everything. I'm telling you, you've got to, you've got to keep a running list. You need a journal of some sorts. Oftentimes, when, I'm, when it's creeping up to me the most and like it's getting ready to get past my shoulders and totally into my head, I start writing it down. God, you know I'm struggling with this. You know I'm worried about this. You know deep down I do not know what to do with this. I'm overwhelmed with that. It's not that he doesn't know, but for your sake, you need to make sure you put it in his hands. You're saying, God, I'm trusting you with this. I've talked it to death. Now it's time to trust you for life. But last but not least, are you living humbly surrendered to God? Are you living humbly surrendered to God? I could have very well started right here, okay? I want you to hear this one especially because it's probably going to be the first thing that helps you, especially if you're already a believer in Christ. God needs every one of us to get over ourselves, okay? Anytime we have an altar time, for instance, whether you come to us during our worship time or you come to someone after, don't be so full of your ego that you allow ego to rob you of closeness with God. You know what ego stands for? Edging God out. Ego stands for edging God out. Listen, when we're puffed up with pride, thinking we have everything figured out or thinking that we're supposed to, first of all, that's just another blinder. You need to understand, everybody in here, we've all got something we've never seen before. We all have some giant we can't slay on our own. We all have something that is, is making us just feel out of sorts. Listen, God is not near any time pride is swallowing you 51% or more. Proverbs 3.32 says, He has no use for conceited people, but shows favor to those who are humble. Think about people in your life. When you, when you want to help with somebody, you're much more compelled to help them when you see humility and genuineness. Well, well, God, being the good, good father he is, sometimes he has to discipline those that he loves because he's got to take them down a few notches, okay? God might be raising up the noise in your life, and he's still going, you're still not getting a memo? You're still not getting a memo? You're still trying to do this on your own? You still haven't reached the end of yourself? Listen, we are stronger when we rely on the grace of God. Look at James 4, 6. It says, but the grace that God gives is even stronger. You know how he said to the Apostle Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient. He says, as the scriptures say, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but shows favor 
to the humble. Listen, a person could have been living an absolute 100% lie, could have been the most prodigal uh, child there could be, could have done everything imaginable. But what's so amazing about amazing grace is God doesn't care. Once you humble yourself before the Lord, he promises to lift you up. And in the process, he's lifted up. It all becomes a God story instead of just a, a, a barrier. You know, God takes barriers and turns them into bridges. God takes pain and, 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 and turns it into purpose. Listen, don't let pride keep you from God. Don't let your ego keep edging God out. Humble yourself before God. Put your little hand in his big hand. Let him guide you to the next right faith step. Micah 6, 8 says, Oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, sometimes our life, as we once knew it, Lord, it has to crash so that you can you can be found. Lord, so that we can reach that point of, of knowing that we can't even walk without you holding our life and holding our hand. God, I pray, Lord, right now that, that, that each person listening would join me in, in humbly giving you everything, God, admitting their sin. If there's anything, Lord, in our hearts and our lives right now that, that you're not pleased with, may we be broken over that because it breaks your heart. But may we, Lord, know, Lord, that forgiveness can be found in you. Strength can be found in you. Grace can be found in you. Lord, you tell us if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. God, the devil wants to tell us, well, hey, you know what? You can't pray because you did this or you're doing that. No, God, you tell us to come to you, all of us who are weary and heavy burden, and you will give us rest. God, sometimes the first thing that just needs to be right, Lord, is our heart. Lord, create in us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. God, align us back with you. Lord, may our heart march in rhythm with your heart. May we humble ourselves before you. May we seek to draw closer to you, Lord, as you promise to draw closer to us. God, I pray each of us will do whatever necessary to be where you want us to be, to be who you want us to be in Christ. God, we pray, Lord, right now, even as we go into this, this altar time, Lord, that, that, that you would be given our lives. Lord, so that may, may, maybe, Lord, we just, we need things to be rebuilt on a solid foundation. We give you all things right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us? I'm available right here. Should you want to come and speak with me or pray, or if you just want to come to this altar, God bless.